are in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 12.06, 12.06 on this Tuesday, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and also 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. I want to welcome everybody in, tuning in with our, uh, we do a live simulcast, and it's starting to build. We're using some other platforms. Uh, We have the normal. You can find us on the Facebook page, John DePietro Show. But now also, and I want to advise people, you know, yesterday is a good example with Elon Musk. And I think it's great news that he is, in fact, bought Twitter, uh, really wants to upgrade Twitter, wants to improve Twitter. Twitter is a um, (coughs) tremendous, tremendous platform. I can't imagine um, having to go back or, you know, I don't understand. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to miss Twitter and blah, blah, blah. If anything, it's going to get better. Uh, you know, one of the problems with it has just been it is, in fact, as Justin Katz talked about, it is sometimes invaded by the progressives and the Democrat left and and so forth. So it'd be nice to have some balance. And it would also be nice, um, you know, to have I, I don't know what's going to happen to President Trump as far as returning to Twitter. He's saying he's not going to. Um, and if anything, Elon Musk doesn't uh, Elon Musk doesn't really take over till the fall. And President Trump still has his he has the app Truth Social. It's not it's certainly not seemingly going as well, I think, as they thought it was going to go as far as the president and and Truth Social. But but Twitter, if anything, I you know, Elon Musk, he is he's just an incredible individual and the way he thinks and he wants to improve it. And I'm going to touch on that. You'd never know it. I mean, there's local media that is saying that oh my god it's you know the end of it it's not the end if anything it's these things you know that you know sometimes somebody can only take something so far and then a new person has an idea of how to make it even better so i i think it's all healthy i i will find or i'll say i think they're going to find it these things are far more complicated than people realize and even i think the trump people they they certainly without question thought that the launch of their app, Truth Social, would would have gone better than it's gone. For those that keep saying and questioning whether or not President Trump's going to return to Twitter, you know, again, I, I want to, you know, would he really want to, unless he's going to use it to then bring people to his app. But he's got skin in the game with his um, his own app of Truth Social. So, folks, again, good afternoon on this um Tuesday, it is the John DePietro Show. And what I was going to say is, you know, we also now do the live stream on both uh, YouTube and then also on Twitter, obviously on Facebook. And I always like to remind people, please, you know, share that you're watching. And and it, it's different. You, we develop different crowds. Um, I like doing the the noon report, as, as we call it, and um, and kind of go from, from there. And, uh, and on top of that, there's... There's just a lot developing right now on this on this Tuesday, and I'm going to touch on uh, some of the things that are that are happening right now. So there we are. Hello to everybody on Twitter, and I realize we have a little bit of a ways to go with people interacting on Twitter, although the other sites and everybody kind of blends in together. So um, everyone finds their own their own way to kind of. Get involved, and I'll just do the. You know what? Actually, I'll I'll go the rounds and just say hello to quick quickly to everyone. I am aware we are we are live on the radio right now, AM thirteen eighty. There's Pat Cordalesa, um, and hello all, and uh, and ninety nine point nine FM, and then you know Facebook just continues to be just uh, so so dynamic of of a platform. But you know we we're growing really in in all, and then. You know, I recognize in, in some places um, the, the crowds are bigger than others. But then when it all kind of gels and kind of comes together is where the things just really start to 
uh, take off. So, folks, that's what I believe it is. As I've said, um, I think it's uh, I think that it's all everything is going to platforms. I don't think everyone fully gets that. And that's that's fine. But and you don't have to. But there's it's all going to become. Yeah, there's Brenda and Paula and James Lombardi and everybody else. Folks, again, please share that you're watching. And remember, everybody on Facebook, uh, you certainly can become a subscriber to the page to uh, we're going to be going live a little bit later with Mayor Fung with his big kickoff with Congress. And then um, that is exactly right. If he needs if he plans on running, needs to stay off social media. I don't know if he can control himself. This is our friend Laura. Uh, you know, President Trump is saying he's not going to go on Twitter. And but um, but actually, you know, because he's got his own platform you just wonder his some of his advisors unsure that president trump could control himself and you know what's interesting about that and folks again i i do want to touch on that that's a very good point laura folks this portion of the john DePietro show is brought to you by rhode island's number one garden center and it's pr landscape materials and garden center the season is open they do such a great job beautiful selection uh they're open seven days a week located 3688 quaker lane in north kingstown pr landscape materials and garden center pansy flats pansy bags hangers and bowls assorted colors tulips hyacinthias daffodils hydrangeas colors available blue white pink and they also carry many landscape materials they're easy to get to they're open seven days a week they work so hard it's family-run business i love a locally owned family or just locally owned business folks shop local the service is so much better than the big box stores look for them on facebook it's pr landscape materials in garden center steve and debbie and junior is back the other day but the guy is big as an ox stop it and see them now we have a lot of updates on the website and exclusive stories. You know, we, we did the story last night on this uh, Providence teacher. He calls himself a Providence teacher. Now we found out he's actually a substitute. He's running for office. He's a member of the Black Lives Matter PAC. He's basically a communist socialist. Uh, but you can read that. And also the Bud Craddock story is just unbelievable. I mean, the fact if Governor McKee keeps him as the head of the DMV, I, I don't know what to make of that. But, folks, visit the website, dipetro.com. And, again, dipetro.com. We have all our sponsors there. And one of them, and they're a great one, is the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Whether it's lunch or dinner or takeout, they're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. The, um, I know a lot of people have said. And hear me out about President Trump. And you see this a lot. I'll take, you know, some mean tweets right now over the high price of gas and so forth. I, I agree with that. I, 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 and I get that. I do get that. However, in hindsight, when President Trump first took to Twitter, <clears throat> it was new. I think he elevated the platform. I recognize some people, some people don't know the difference between, you know, what's the difference between Facebook or Twitter or TikTok or Instagram? Um, I understand that. But where Facebook is far more people <coughs> sharing, you know, here's where we are on vacation, do check-in. I love their live stream ability. Twitter is a uh, tremendous news gathering information. Twitter is really geared for uh, for the media because all the media is there. There's a lot of public officials. There's a lot of news breaking there. You know, it used to become, where do you go if you hear that there's breaking news? Um, it used to be the Drudge Report. Years ago, maybe you'd put on the radio. Uh, maybe you'd even put on, it was a period of time you'd put on Fox or CNN or cable news is what I'm saying. I don't want to, some people, what did you say CNN? Yes, I'm just saying CNN has been doing Cable news and breaking news for a long time. However, now I believe that people go to Twitter. So when President Trump first came into office and running, I think he used it effectively. However, what was lost was, was then it was in the beginning, his his tweets would make news. And as I've talked about, sometimes, you know, news outlets would read, you know, the president just tweeted, blah, blah, blah. What it became, though, was just he would put things out. On Twitter that would then for his staff, there was like, you know, spill aisle five. Anyone that's ever worked in a grocery store, they say it over the PA, spill aisle five, which means then someone has to go and mop up that there's been. And so it became such an overload 
And at the end of uh, 2020, you know, President Trump, who I voted for twice, but he, he never, or whatever reason, you know, they didn't learn less is more. You know, in the early days, he would do a couple of tweets and send off and make news. But when you start to get into, I, I think he was, and don't hold me to this, I think he started doing like over 70 a day. And then it's just, you know, and, he, and, and I'll, I'll even admit there was a time that I, I had him on my notifications. And whenever President Trump would tweet, I would, you know, get a notification and read it. Then I took it, like even I, I wasn't even reading them anymore just because it was it was too much. Right. It was just overexposure, blah, blah, blah. I think he's benefited somewhat from not having that platform so readily available. And people would always say, even Trump supporters would say, I wish some of his staff or supporters would take the phone out of his hand and stop. They, they could not. So and I, I understand, you know, he'd want to vent and get the word out. But when used properly, it's a very effective tool. And no, I don't think he ever should have been banned. I think Elon Musk has his work cut out for him trying to balance freedom of speech with misinformation. And there is a lot of misinformation out there. And that doesn't serve anybody well. Uh, and I mean that, you know, there were several things just and I'm, I'm going to actually talk about this Providence teacher. But just so people, <coughs> excuse me, someone was asking me yesterday, what would you do? I don't like anonymous accounts. Uh, I would prefer if Twitter got rid of anonymous accounts. And what I mean is there's someone that's they, they're sending you messages and their name is like Captain Hook or, you know, whoever or everybody's favorite uncle or. You know, Rhode Island, you know, professor like that. I again now I actually interacted with someone. And he was like, why won't you respond to it? And I said, because I don't you, I don't know who you are. You know, you, you got to I identify myself. Local reporters identify themselves. President Trump identified himself. Elon Musk identified himself. James White, uh, James Woods identify himself. If you're in a forum where everyone, you know, then you stand by you. You, you don't want to be. In an arena where people are like hiding and throwing rocks. I, I'm just telling you. But I actually had this interaction with someone and he seemed pretty educated and so forth. And his explanation was, well, I'm not an egomaniac. I don't need to see my name. It's not a batter of that. You know, Facebook, one of the things they found was Facebook really took off when it was legitimate people you were dealing with. Uh, no one. And, and, and here's the thing. The people that hide and use fake names and, and, and when, when they started to post, like, you know, 20 years ago, when they really started to post, you could post things online. The people were so upset when the Providence Journal instituted that you had to use like a Facebook login to post comments because there were all these people that were, you know, old seaweed and Captain Hook and, you know, Salty Dog and all these other people. And they were all... You know, that that comes the thing of like, how brave are they? Who who knows? And people have multiple accounts. And I am just telling you, there's nothing enjoyable. If I want to communicate with Dan McGowan or, you know, pick someone, whoever, Tucker Carlson last night put, we're back on Twitter or Elon Musk. Um, you, you don't want to deal with people that are hiding behind these fake shadow accounts. And so I think that would go a long way to to bring a lot of credibility. If if they whatever changes they make, that's one thing. And Twitter has become a little bit of a bullying schoolyard for the progressive left. I mean, they're there. They're very present. They're very attacking. Um, the first time you enter into that, I remember it was the first time it's because of it was uh, my first encounter with it, I think, was the Jessica Alquist thing. Remember the, the girl, Uncle Atheist, and Cranston West and took the banner down? I was suddenly hearing from these atheists in, in Canada, in Australia, and I'm thinking, how do these people know about that? Well, it was, it was someone on the social media platform that put the stuff out, and these people, they come out of the woodwork. And I just never, you know, your first time dealing with it, it's, it's an eye-opener, to say the, say the least. So, but the Elon Musk thing, there has to be a balance between, you know, someone is banned, like President Trump. Uh, but th- there's a difference between 
an Alex Jones Infowars who fabricated the Newtown Sandy Hook story. He's admitted that. <clears throat> Looks like it's leading him to bankruptcy. That wasn't a, oops, maybe I said so. That was they doubled down for weeks and months. They continued down this thing that it was all false, it was all fake, crisis actors, blah, blah, blah. But my point is there's got to be a difference between someone that has an opinion. I'm not sure I want to get the vaccine. There has to be a difference between that or someone that says, I'm not convinced that the election was on the up and up. There has to be a difference between that, someone being able to vocalize that, and then people that come in with all the nutty, you know, everything you see is a lie, everything is fake, new world order, conspiracy, you know, 101. There has to be a middle ground because as we saw after, and Donna Perry mentioned that last hour, the the pandemic, there were people that were saying, you know, I'm not fully convinced about some of this Dr. Fauci science that he's putting out there. And boom, you know, they, they got strikes or they they felt the wrath of um, of Twitter. My point is there there has to be a middle ground between someone who's educated now uh, vocalizing an opinion and then people that are sh- and then Russian propaganda, Russian and Chinese propaganda and or just the people that are. The conspiracy people that just continue to want to permeate that they have an agenda. Um, And folks, you never know, you know, Breitbart is a news uh, source that I use. It was started by Steve Bannon and I I read it a lot. I share it a lot. But yesterday, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, that that makes me pause. Breitbart, they have an author who put out a story that said that Gina Raimondo Former Governor Raimondo, who's now Commerce Secretary, is worth almost $2 billion. And I had never seen that before. And I have covered uh, Gina Raimondo now for 13 years, 12 years, since she merged on the scene 2009, 2010, running for general treasurer. So I was curious to see that. So this is a Breitbart article, and they have it, and it's published, and people are sharing it. And it says Commerce Secretary Raimondo is you know, worth $1.8 billion, almost $2 billion. And they, they reference in the article now on Breitbart uh, a Forbes article. And the, the author of the article says, as mentioned in Forbes. So you go to the Forbes article. And it says her and her husband have a net worth of $10 million. Now, it's a lot of money. <coughs> she had made success at a venture capitalist. Her husband has. But my point is, how do we go from $10 million to, to $1.8 billion? And nowhere in the article is explained. I, I send various things to Breitbart. Like this, you know, and, and that troubles me because then I start. You know, if that's wrong, then what else are they putting out there that it, that is wrong? I mentioned there used to be a a, a teacher at Bishop Hendrickson where where Juan attended high school, and and he would not collect homework. He would start to discuss the homework, and then he would not collect it. He would start discussing it. You were expected to do it. It was a Spanish teacher, and he would start to discuss the homework. And if he found someone that didn't know the answer. He would say to them, did you do the homework last night? And if the student said, no, I did not do the homework last night, he would say, there must be more. Then you had to pass forward your homework assignment that was supposed to be written out. If the kid had answered the question properly, they wouldn't have asked for that. But my point is, if Breitbart is making that kind of mistake, $10 million, $1.8 billion, and that author went on uh, the Maria Bartoloma show on Fox over the course of the weekend, I believe, or Fox Business, whatever, one of the two, and and said that and wasn't challenged. It just it gives me pause, and I I don't like that. My point is, <clears throat> I'm not saying that that they should be should be banned from social media, but it's an example of the dangers of that. You know, if someone is saying just to finish the point, if someone is saying. Uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo is worth $1.8 billion. How do you know that? Oh, it was in Forbes. And they reference a Forbes article. You pull up the Forbes article. It says $10 million. Is it a misprint? You know, needs a little explanation. Did it get edited out? 
Is there an explanation? Did the guy hand in his article and then whoever edited it took that out? I think that's a, a big, important part of the story. If you're trying to say that Ramundo's on the take for China, she's made, you know, literally hundreds of million where now she's worth 1.8 billion. I mean, that's a pretty explosive story. She leaves Rhode Island. She's her and her husband are worth 10 million. Suddenly she's Commerce Secretary for Biden for one point and, and now they're worth 1.8 billion. I mean, that's a major story. But the thing missing from it is how did you get to that number? And I, I and I saw people sharing it without even questioning that. And I also believe, by the way, there are some people they like someone I saw share, shared the story. And I know they they hate her so much that they don't even care whether it's true or not. They they want it to be true. So, you know, we try to be a little more objective than that. Um, that I want to repeat, if that were the case, think of this. Last March, former governor, now Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, was, her and her husband were worth, according to Forbes magazine, $10 million. If in one year... One year, they grew their fortune to $1.7 billion. That's, that's a story. That is absolutely a major story that every news outlet would go with. But you got to show how did you come up with the $1.8 billion. Now, also, I recognize it was out there for years. That people believed, and I had people tell me, people that I knew, Ramundo and her husband were involved in a marijuana grow operation. Uh, none of that came out when she was vetted by the Senate. None of that came out when vetted by the House. Republicans, by the way, Ted Cruz was going against her. And I come back to there was someone involved with a marijuana grow operation on Jefferson Boulevard who had the last name Ramundo, but was not related to, to her. And her husband's name is Moffitt. So because I remember being at a Black Lives Matter protest and they were saying she's worth $200 million. And that was never proven. It just it's boom. It's one of those things that took off much like, you know, Mr. Green Jeans is the father of Alice Cooper. And no one try, ever proved that in any way. Um it just kind of becomes urban myth, so to speak. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, and remember, listen, it's grilling season. It's brought to you by Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5, Smithfield. They have a great selection. They're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. On Saturdays, you can make an appointment. And I have so many people that say, you know, they prefer the appointment situation. Then you know, okay, we're going to get a new grill. So let's just make an appointment for Saturday at 11 o'clock or Saturday 1130. You can call them 401-949-7800. Now, they have all appliances. They've been in business since 1963. And what I like is you deal directly with the owners and beautiful, tremendous selection of grills. Stop it and see them. And remember, they'll mat, meet, match or beat any deal. They will match or beat any deal. Stop it and see them. Letter J, J's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is J's, JSAppliance.com. Well, folks, good afternoon, 1230. I'm going to talk about the teach right now on the John DePietro Show. This portion of our program brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Remember, four great locations. Stop it and see them lunch or breakfast or into the afternoon. Uh, they have their menu, online ordering, gift cards. They have the Warwick location. Bald Hill Road is a drive through Plus, they have a liquor license. Johnson is a drive through location. And then they have the Johnson location of Pontiac Avenue. Fresh ingredients, cozy environment, nice, comfortable chairs. It's just a great place to meet up with people at Brood Awakenings. Discover the brew difference. So if you check the Petro.com, <clears throat> there's a guy that I'm familiar with. He's a member of the Black Lives Matter PAC RI, and he put out on Twitter that he was so happy to tell his students that Elon Musk buying Twitter was the worst thing ever. And this is someone, 
Of course, I, here's what he said. Um, and you can see this on the website, Dimitro.com. Enrique Sanchez for state rep. Of course, I explained to my students in all five classes, of, of five of my classes today, Elon Musk buying tw- off Twitter is the worst thing that could have happened. Listen to this line. No individual, and especially wealthy elites, should be given these types of opportunities to buy off social media platforms. That is communism. That is socialism. That is naive. This is someone, this is... You know, uh, first of all, uh, Nicole Salas has determined he's not even a teacher. He doesn't he's a substitute teacher. He does not have his teaching certificate. What is frightening about that, that line, this Enrique Sanchez. And of course, he strikes back. He strikes back anyone that questions him. He goes back that, you know, this is a matter of. Um, that, that it's be, you know, these are white, you know, he, he, this guy is so neck deep in the, uh, you know, the whole thing of the white supremacists and blah, blah, blah. But when, when you think about that, what a, what a, a horrific thing to be telling your students. And, and I don't think he should be in the classroom. I don't because with Elon Musk, as I was saying last hour, what, what an opportunity to talk about the fact that, you know, it's have a real discussion on freedom of speech. It's also so naive. I mean, the people that own the Providence Journal were the Metcalfs, one of the five wealthiest families. They own the Providence Journal. Who does he think owns these big corporations? There are people, there are people that try to, uh, you know, start different uh, startup type things regarding startups in regards to media type outlets but you know then it's the competition of of the workplace that 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 then takes over and for whatever reason you know they they don't do well but the fact that this is someone that is allowed into the classroom and you know his attack is then conservative republicans right-wing racists suddenly care about providence schools well we're paying for the providence schools and that is someone who should not be saying that to students and to say something like that um it's it it goes beyond you know and 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 it's it's really a far left thing like look at some of their you know, Elon Musk is the example of why unfettered capitalism is a danger to the country. What are these people talking about? You know, all of the examples of socialism, communism have failed. They have no sense of of that. Why not use that opportunity to talk with your students? <clears throat> why not use that as an opportunity to... Talk to your students about, number one, the reward of hard work. Why not use that as an opportunity to talk to your students about um, the fact about a real discussion on freedom of speech and what it means and and talk about it and talk about some of their habits, again, on, on social media, because otherwise... You know, like that, his, you know, they were all on the same page. He's, um, he is in fact, uh, on the same page as, and this guy's not even a teacher. And you think how poor the Providence schools are. Like that Tierra Mack, who's a state senator, she put out, uh, just a short time ago on Twitter, I'm not a groomer, you're just a uh, blank hole. And then hashtag queer as blank. I mean, is there like how what what is the drill with that? They they say that there's no element. You're an elected official. This is someone that you know deals, I believe, with with children, and they have no sense of you know maybe that's not appropriate language. Maybe that's not something that you should be highlighting, and. And then people wonder where some of the kids come from. Well, the people that have access to these children, they, you know, they're the ones that are then almost encouraging that. There's a lot of lessons to learn. Elon Musk, of someone that ventured out on his own, you know, the benefits of being a risk taker, the benefits of, of really venturing out. And 
he has beliefs and believing that anything is possible. And I think Elon Musk is he's really interesting in the way that he he sold all of his homes. He had a number of homes. He was building a home. He now stays apparently in the guest bedrooms of of friends that he has. But he 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 explained, you know, you only have so much room in your brain. And Elon Musk said, you know, I realized I was spending time about designing a house and what type of doorknobs I want and what type of, you know, shingles I want. And then realize, like, my God, think of the things I could be thinking about if my brain was not occupied by, you know, doorknobs or color schemes or everything that goes into designing a house. And so he he sold off his homes. I mean, the guy is an interesting guy. He's a brilliant guy. Um, you know, look at the way he has succeeded. Those are the things you could be talking to students about if you chose to do that. But Nicole Salas exposed this. He's not even a teacher. And you wonder why the Providence schools that are so pathetic and underperforming. It's it's atrocious. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed from 2016 when that John, excuse me, 2019, May, June 2019, when the John Hopkins report came out that talked about and listed uh, Providence, the Providence public schools are considered one of the worst public schools in the entire country. And as I've gone through some of the numbers, it's, um, but And what did Governor McKee do for the teachers? He gave them all $3,000 bonuses in an attempt to try to get their vote. He signed a new contract that did nothing to change the status quo. But someone like that, you know, I don't know what the solution is for people, for substitute teachers in Providence. But as Nicole Salas, he's not even a teacher. She put, this is a Black Lives Matter charlatan holding himself out a teacher at a Providence schools. No teaching certification. She put, he's a liar running for office. What is he doing in five classrooms, indoctrinating students into anti-capitalism ideology? And, and that is exactly what it is. How else do you describe that? He's not even a certified teacher. He holds himself out as a teacher. So, you know, think of who is it that has control over these <clears throat> students in the classroom? You know, it's breaking right now at 1238. Kamala Harris once again has tested positive for COVID. You know, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, Every time you see these people, they are in a mask. They have definitely been vaccinated. She's once again tested positive. Um, I I just don't know. You know, where where is this? Where is this going? That. I, I, for the life of me, I don't know how Biden has not come down with COVID. But then you start to wonder what what is going on, and it's major news right now that she has um, that she has COVID, folks. This portion of the John DePietro show is brought to you by Propane Plus. Call Propane Plus today in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Four zero one eight eight five forty two zero nine in Massachusetts. Five zero eight two five two thirty three fifty nine. Propane Plus, three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery needs. They're going to serve you for a very long time to come. They offer online billing. You can schedule your service and delivery at the click of a button. All customers receive a free safety inspection on the equipment. It's Propane Plus. Go online. They have a very easy-to-navigate website. And it's propaneplus.com, heating and cooling, residential, commercial. It's Propane Plus. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show at 1240 is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Now, right now, they are open. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Stop in, everything baked fresh, Tuesday through Saturday, 7 to 2. Delicious calzones, delicious sausage and pepper. And, of course, the most delicious cupcakes and cakes and donuts. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street near AAA in Providence. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. So <clears throat> the big local news 
is, um, and I will be doing Facebook Live later, Mayor Fung is going to enter, make it official, and he is jumping into the CD2 race. That is the Langevin seat. So he is, um, you know, in, in this thing where they're trying to, he's nothing but a Trump supporter and blah, blah, blah. They're nervous about the Fung candidacy. The The congressional two race will feature uh, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung and also former rep Bob Lancia. And I've been in communication with Bob Lancia. I, you know, we want to give him a chance, get his message out, hear what he has to say. It's unfortunate that you have two people uh, running together in the primary. But um, we'll uh, we'll catch up with him. But it's it's big, and the Democrats are certainly paying attention to it. But some other stories, folks. And again, check the website, Dimitro.com. Attorney General finds no proof that uh, Bud Craddock of the DMV knew about prostitution in his building. But in that report by Attorney General Peter Narona, I mean, he calls out. He absolutely calls out the fact that it seems... Uh, ridiculous that a former police officer would not see a lot of the red flags that were there. You know, no sign outside on the building, no license, not a registered business. You know, I don't know what to make of the fact. Okay, so he goes there and they pay cash uh, to rent the place from him. I mean, it all seems a little suspicious. They got uh, trash bags covering the windows instead of proper shades. I mean, the whole thing seems really shaky. And uh, what also that Attorney General Peter Narona and the Attorney General's office that investigated old Bud, Bud Craddock, what they also found was, you know, this you're talking about someone who's a former chief of police. So not someone who's like a new landlord and, you know, I don't know what to make of it. These are all things that if you're a police officer, it would seem a little suspicious. Someone's running a business. They don't have a sign. They don't have a business license. They're not registered with the secretary of state. They're paying in cash. They have black garbage bags covering the window so no one can see in. Um, Craddock said, well, I. I thought that, you know, perhaps they just didn't want to let any light into the building. Like, what what is that supposed to mean? If you're doing foot massages uh, and you're a doctor's office, uh, if that's what it's supposed to be, I don't know why you would not want to let light in. Uh, I could see a doctor's office, you know, where the, the, the patient, so to speak, is being examined or whatever kind of massage is going on. But not the whole thing. And they also have inside inside surveillance cameras. So the whole thing is very, very odd. So, But Governor McKee, the state police finished their investigation of Bud Craddock back in October. And Governor McKee had to have known about that. And Governor McKee still had Craddock at the press conference on the whole new license plate thing. Uh, just, you know, two weeks ago or whatever the hell it was, a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, I believe. So the whole thing is just it's it's just odd. Um, and there's definitely, you know, one thing about McKee, I don't know what it is, but he is just like a magnet for criminals. Uh, there's also the story of this this and we're going to talk about it on Thursday with our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. But the charges against that Westerly Democrat chair. That, that's a jail case. I mean, those are very serious charges that he's charged with. We're not talking about allegations. We're talking about grand jury rape charges. Um, penetration. That's, that, that's a jail case. And this guy goes to an event. And I want to give credit. And it's Ted Nisi that founded the Johnston Sun that, you know, this, this guy, whoever the hell he is, he goes to an event where McKee is there. And takes his photo with him, knowing that there's an investigation into him, that there's a grand jury looking into I mean, it, it's just defies logic. But um, and there's also a story next hour that I'm going to talk about. We had Susie Yankee on, the GOP chairwoman, about voting and this voting bill. And I'm going to fill in the blank a little bit. I'm going to I will also be writing about this on the website. But uh, um but the another situation with the city of Providence, by the way, and I want to give credit to NBC 10, 
is the fact that the teachers are raising alarms that someone is changing the grades of students. Um, it's, it's, it's not that the kids are doing better on scores. Somehow they have been, someone has been actually changing grades of students in Providence. So instead of a student in Providence getting an F and the teacher gives them an F, they're being changed to incomplete. <clears throat> How is that helping anyone? It certainly isn't helping any students. I'll tell you that much. But uh, to me, that is where they're not the people involved. And I don't know. The state is in charge of the Providence schools. So Governor McKee can't say, oh, I, I have you know nothing to to do with that. Governor McKee can't say that. He's, you know, the, the state took over the Providence schools. What What is disturbing about it is to me, that is that somebody is, they're just trying to manipulate the test scores. They're not actually trying to make sure that these kids are learning. They've given up on that. The new plan is let's just, if there's an incomplete it probably doesn't factor in. So what they plan to do, and this is, I believe, yeah, this is the Channel 10 story on it. What they plan to do is say, oh, test scores are up, but all they're doing is changing F to I, meaning for incomplete. So this is the Channel 10 story, and I applaud the principals that are teachers that have spoken up. mentioned that grades didn't look quite right. This veteran Providence High School teacher asked NBC10 not to identify her because she fears repercussions for speaking out. When I looked at my grades and reflected the next day, I noticed the grades were not changed by me. Oh, hold on, folks. Sorry about that. Here we go. And other teachers told the NBC 10i team they're troubled by what they've noticed. Someone at the district level changing failing grades to incompletes in the computer system. I mean, how, how is that possible? It's like a slap in the face. Almost. Yes. So the NBC 10i team wanted to know what's going on. I learned Providence has had a written policy that F's must be changed to incompletes, except for eighth graders and high school seniors. That policy dates back to 2016. Wow. Providence teachers told the I-team it wasn't enforced in years past, and they were able to give failing grades when necessary. But then, during the pandemic, this email went out from an administrator saying the no F's policy would be enforced due to distance learning and that a high number of students sick with COVID or forced to quarantine. Multiple teachers told NBC10 it's still being enforced this year, even though school is back in person. What is the explanation for that? We have not received one. The I-team obtained this email sent last week by a Providence High School principal. Quote, per district policy, the F's should be converted to I's. Only seniors can be receiving F. Please have these grades corrected by the end of the day today. You either mastered the material or you didn't. An incomplete says it's incomplete. State Senator Lou De Palma sits on the Senate Oversight Committee, Terrible. which is holding hearings into the state's takeover Terrible. of Providence Public Schools. So some folks are hearing brought up about grades being changed. And I'm saying to myself, what are we saying to the students of Providence? What are we saying to their parents? Under the policy, students who get an incomplete will have until November 15th of the following school year to make up the work. No one from the district wanted to sit down for an interview, but a spokesperson told me Providence schools provide students every opportunity to improve, succeed, and achieve excellence. This teacher says she'll do whatever she can to help students who are legitimately struggling. So if the student shows the effort, I will absolutely more than happy to work with them. But she's concerned those who don't now have an extra six months to catch up. But what message is it sending to the student who comes into school every day, who works hard? That's not the equality that we want for our children. Terrible. Uh, by any means. Terrible. My team reporter, Katie Davis, NBC 10 News. You know, that is, um, <clears throat> I mean, you, you, we can, you can kind of figure out where all of that is going. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show on this uh, Tuesday. It's brought to you by Ari Coogan and Heating. Now take down their phone number, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's Ari Coogan and Heating. They're there. Right now as you're listening, 
at 12.50 on this Tuesday. Do you have a problem with plumbing or maybe heating or cooling? RE Coogan Heating, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them right now. Take down this number, 401-732-6562. RE Coogan Heating. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is recooganheating.com. Folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. By the way, last night, that was remarkable that the Celtics swept the Nets. I mean, the, the Nets had been favored to win the whole thing, the NBA title. And the, the Celtics sweeping the Nets and moving on. That was, um, it was, it was just terrific to watch. And now we'll wait to see exactly uh, where, who they get next. But this part of the program, again, check out the website, depetro.com. And it's brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. Now, remember, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, they clean and disinfect residential and commercial properties. Call, request a quote, S-O-L-E, Soul Source Restoration, 401-712-2700, 401-712-2700 for Soul Source Restoration. So again, um, a lot of people, I think, are certainly excited about Elon Musk with uh, Twitter and just the possibilities that that could uh, enter into. I don't know if Jeff Bezos trolling him over China. I don't know what that is all about, but Elon Musk can certainly handle himself. Here's another headline. Depp finishes four days on stand, <laughs> filed lawsuit to fight back. Um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll touch on that on Thursday. Now, again, I want to come back to that Providence teacher. Think of the damage there. This should be accountability. Now, Governor McKee doesn't have any public events today, but why is that allowed? Why can Enrique Sanchez, why can he trash, folks, the damage being done? Because here's the thing about that story. If he had not put out on his Twitter account that he was telling students in his public, you know, Providence Public School, if he had not put out that that was, quote, you know, the worst thing ever and everything else, no no one would have known. No one would have known. If they were just in Providence, like, here's a thought. Just, just focus on reading and math. Focus on writing and math. It's much like at uh, CCRI. When, you know, someone was questioning, and I agreed with them, by the way, of why these kids at CCRI were, you know, taking a philosophy class. One of the biggest problems that at students from Rhode Island that go to CCRI is they have to take these remedial classes. They arrive at CCRI, but they're only able to do math at a 10th grade level. They're only able to write at a 9th or 10th grade level. Folks, this comes back to... Um, more and more people, one of the most positive things to me that's come out of the pandemic, I think is people are realizing that the public school system is broken. The public school experiment has failed, by and large. I'm not saying everybody, by and large. The public school experiment has failed, and I think it's over. The problem uh, is in Rhode Island. Look at Governor McKee. Right. Mayor Alorza allows the state to take over the Providence schools because the city doesn't have the power. Only the state can do a transformational contract. And for over a year, you know, think of that. That was the John Hopkins thing was June of 2019. You go into the fall, the state takes over the Providence schools. They start negotiating and then the pandemic hits. What happens? Infante Green, Governor Amundo, they're negotiating with the teachers unions. The only problem is in the fall to the summer of 2020, Gina Raimondo, suddenly it's more appealing to her to try to become the vice president. She gets on the short list for vice president. She wants to fly to Delaware and interview with Team Biden. And Randy Weingarten of the teachers union, boom, shoots it down. So the message to Raimondo becomes very clear. You oppose us and we're going to take you out. 
If you do that, then we're going to take you out. So as a result of that, uh, it just hangs in the balance. And then Governor McKee comes into the picture. And what does he do? He doesn't. He just wants to make this go away. So he just signs. There's really no change. It's nibbling at the edges. And then he gives all the teachers in Providence a $3,000 bonus. And, folks, the part about that that you need to understand, because I completely get it. I can understand if you are listening right now saying, one, you know, why would I care about the Providence schools? The only thing about it is, folks, as a taxpayer, so whether you're wherever you're listing in, in Smithfield or in Johnston or in Lincoln or come, wherever you are listing or Burville, you contribute money to Providence. And they get a lot of money for their schools from the state. And right now there's a state takeover. My point is, it's it's one thing if they want to have the worst schools, but they just want to fund it with Providence taxpayers. There's nothing we can do about it. But when you have other taxpayers and the city of Providence gets two over two hundred million dollars a year uh, for their schools, then we have a stake in it. But it's it's so disappointing, and it's you know. But it's like the old adage: the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, but expecting different results. Right? The old thing. What do they say in AA? Nothing changes if nothing changes. And it, Governor McKee, look at that, Governor McKee. They gave them the same contract. The union again. Those teachers that basically they work four hours a day, four hours a day. That's right. Four. What are you talking about? They get there eight o'clock. They don't leave till two hour for lunch, hour free period, four hours a day. Um, Anything extra you want, you get, you know, the big concession was they agree to meet with parents. A big concession is they agree to do parent teacher conferences. A big concession they made is open house. Anything aside from that, though, they want to get paid. But the public school model is broken. The public school experiment should be ended. I think more people are realizing, and you watch, in certain states, they will start to do it. Forget about it. This is insanity. The public schools, and look around the state. It's not just Providence. The whole notion, these people get pensions. They get, you know, as you know, weekends off, nights off, vacations, holidays, Summer's off, three best reasons to be a teacher, June, July, and August, and uh, you can't change anything. You can't change any part of the contract. It has to come to an end. Why? Because the teachers' unions are just too powerful. The teachers' unions are too, too powerful. You see it, the changes in the public school, in the private schools. You see them implement things in the charter schools where they start the the day earlier where they have the teachers do more, the school year is longer. And you know what happens when you have more school days and start the day earlier and, and end it later? The children learn more. It's more centered on the student as opposed to the power of the teachers union. Folks, right now at 1259, here's what we're going to do. It's the John DePietro Show. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Now, next hour, again, big news you're going to hear. Vice President Harris once again has tested positive for COVID. But I want to tell you about the voting situation. And I'm going to walk you through the article. That and a lot more. The Power Hour is next. You can listen on the website, which is dePietro.com or... AM 1380, 99.9 FM. The Power Hour is next. We'll be back on the other side after the news.